welcome to Lead Limitlessly, a podcast about living, loving, and leading an incredible life without limits. Each week, we will deliver the best engaging content on the secrets to leading a successful and happy life filled of purpose, power, and profits. Now, here's your host, the Limitless Leader herself, Dr. Sarah Renee Langley. I'm a licensed clinical psychotherapist. My This is called Lead Her International. And right now, I just really wanted to talk to you in regards to how to overcome depression. And I thank you all for joining me. Um, I'm going to go and share this out. I was trying to get on here sooner, but the show always go on. And that's exactly what I always encourage people to do. No matter what, you know, stuff, complications or obstacles are in your way, you have to learn how to continue on and press through. Yes or yes. All right, so why am I doing this? And I want to thank everyone for tuning in on this needed conversation and topic. Um, you could have decided to be anywhere else. You have your own lives to live. You have things that you are doing and you're taking the time and by which I want to exchange it for valuable information that's going to be a benefit to you and to your loved ones um, in regards to how to overcome depression. Um, reason why I'm doing this is because of the fact that we have experienced such devastations in regards to this pandemic. Lives lost, jobs lost, money's lost, loved ones lost, our peace of mind lost, and yet still trying to figure out how to navigate through with all of these different obstacles, all of these different situations and circumstances all at one time. It's one thing to have a couple of obstacles your way and having to figure out how to navigate through, but it's another when it all happens at one time. So simply, I want to make this easy and simple, not to give you the hyperboles and a lecture and a whole dissertation about depression, but rather make it simple and easy. The goal today is to talk about what it is, talk about what it's not, and talk about what tips and strategies to give you to help yourself out during and after this pandemic. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Thank you so much. And please, if you can not just tag and like, but share, share this information. It may, and you may just save a life with this valuable information. So again, my name is Dr. Sarah Langley, and I'm a licensed clinical psychotherapist. And another reason why I'm doing this is because, hey, this is our month. (laughs) May is mental health month. So why not make sure that you are mentally healthy, making sure that you are mentally sound and stable. Making sure that you are mentally secure. Because if you don't have your mind, what do you have? This is a fight for your mindset. You have to understand that everything really starts with a thought. The way that you think determines how you behave. We can address your behaviors all day long. We can help you to change the way that you behave. But if your mindset had yet to change, then you're going to go right back and revert to what you are familiar with because the mindset has to be impacted. It has to change. If that does not change, then you do not change. And to be honest with you, with all that has happened today, and then on top of it regarding, we just had Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day or happy Mm -hmm. belated Mother's Mm -hmm. Day to all you mothers out there. Interesting for me, being on both sides, having once not been in a situation where I did have my mother and seeing many of you 
sharing your posts of sadness and sorrow, um, depression in regards to, wow, I don't have my mother here. And what am I to do? But now I'm on the other end now of my mother isn't physically here with me. And many of you were just pouring out your heart. And I said, you know what? Why not throughout this whole week really address this week? We're going to talk about finances and faith. Today, I really wanted to talk about depression because I've seen quite a few posts where people were sharing about people having or have been depressed, but then to the point of suicide, that they just could not go on anymore because of the pandemic, because of what they've lost. It's, it's bad enough with everything else that's going on. The country, what they're telling us, what they're not telling us, the powers that be, what they're telling us, what they're not telling us. It just can be a whole lot. And then at the same time, you could, you could talk back to me, you could even blame yourself. You could be upset at the fact that, oh, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. I'm not able to help my, my, my family the way that I want to. I'm not able to provide like I, I used to. Or, wow, I'm at a loss with my relationship. I'm not used to seeing him or her as much as I have. <laughs> and it's really impacting my mind right now. Or, wow, I didn't sign up to be a, a teacher. I, that's why I was sending my kids to school for it. And, and now I have to wear the hat of a teacher, a mother, a, a husband, a dad, a cook, a chef. <laughs> it's like, it's just overwhelming. And then, God forbid, you start questioning your mental health, especially when it's such a stigma, especially when you just don't talk about that, right? You don't put that out there, your business out there, right? You take that to the church about you having some type of mental health breakdown or to the point that now is it classified as a sin is it something that you're not doing too many questions everyone that could be rather overwhelming and impacting your mental health which is ever a wonder if you are feeling depressed that doesn't mean that you have a mental health disorder but my job and for many of my colleagues in this field of mental health our job is to help you to prevent that from happening that's why it's so important to make sure that we are having this conversation an honest candid conversation to be honest before it becomes the fact that you have no choice but to come and see a mental health professional let's let's not wait to now be reactive let's not wait to be reactive and then decide okay now we're going to put fires out let's go ahead and address this let's address this now before it becomes too late so everyone thank you so much for tuning in i really appreciate your time thank you trina Zakia, Zaconi, Latoya, Chantel, Michael, all of you, thank you so much for your time. Because again, you could, you could, you're pretty much doing something else right now, I'm sure. And you're taking the time to hear about this conversation about overcoming depression. So let's give you some uh, quick tips. So let's talk about what depression is. And prior to that, let's talk about, I want you to have an understanding between depression and mental illness. Because again, you can be depressed, you can, you can be sad, but it may not be a clinical disorder. You have to understand first and foremost, and you can put this in the comment section to share this. And I please, I encourage you to please share this out to your uh, communities, to your friends and fans, because we want to make sure that we are starting to become aware of what this is about. What is depression? What is a mental health disorder? And being okay to talk about it. Being okay because of the fact that if you don't and you are struggling, then what? Why do we have to wait until it gets that bad? To now want to put the fire out, to now want to be reactive 
as opposed to proactive. And that's exactly what this conversation is about, being proactive. How do we now manage our mental health, our mental state during and after the pandemic? So let's talk about what a mental illness is versus what a mental um, depression is and how I'm addressing it today. All right, so a mental illness is this. It's a mental behavioral or emotional disorder. And it also is diagnosable currently within the past year. So you have to know that sometimes it has the criteria of two weeks or more. If you have been sad, um, apathetic, lack motivation, sometimes irritable, um, really having no interest or you're disinterested in activities, disinterested in connecting with other people. You're lonely. You want to stay to yourself. Usually it has a, a certain time frame. So you have to now look at yourself and say, okay, well, how long have I been this way? Has it been two weeks or more? Has it been for the past year? If it's been a year or longer, typically that's a sign for a clinical depression or clinical um, diagnosis, okay, of a mental illness. Two weeks or more, I'll say between two weeks to 30 days, if you find yourself still consistently being that way, then it's starting to go into the means of being a clinical diagnosis of depression. Um, understand that when it comes to mental illness, there is no single cause. Now understand this, we do have so many factors that have happened to all of us, all of us, where you can question, am I depressed? Am I clinically depressed? Because again, there's a difference between being clinically depressed having a diagnosis of depression and being depressed, sad. But the main factor that you have to understand, and please put this in the comment section for other people to see, is if you are unable to function day to day, if you are unable to function day to day, if your day-to-day -day functions are impacted, if your um, daily living or daily activities that you normally do, you have no interest in now. You're, it's, it's challenging. It's becoming so hard for you to do simple tasks, whether it was nothing for you to get up in the morning, shower, um, groom yourself, fix your own meal, go out to work. If you find that it's such a struggle and it becomes to a point that now it's harder for you to do that every day and you're finding that you're miss, you know, having missteps on it, then it starts to become questionable. So you could be sad and depressed and still function that may not necessarily be a clinical disorder or a clinical diagnosis of depression. It's when you cannot consistently between two weeks and 30 days or more that you find yourself having such a struggle with your day-to-day -day normal activities that you normally would do. When it becomes that, it's time to see me. <laughs> when, it, when it actually actually happens that way. And if you do know a mental health uh, counselor, please make sure that you reach out to them. It's okay. Our, we are so available to you. As a matter of fact, I want to put that out there. You can check me out. You can verify me and my receipts. You can go to drsarahrlangley.com, D-R-S-A-R-A-H-R-L-A-N-G-L-E-Y.com. So understanding that a mental illness typically are two things that you have to look for. Time in terms of how long you've been functioning, like if, if it has impacted your day-to-day -day functioning. Um, two weeks or more, two weeks to 30 days. And then after that, if you find that you are unable to do your day-to-day -day functioning, whether going to work, whether taking care of your children, whether um, taking care of yourself, grooming yourself, taking a bath, eating, feeding yourself, like if you find that really impacted, then that is when it starts to become a concern that it's time to reach out to a mental health professional.
All right. Depression. Understand that depression in and of itself has to do with a whole body experience. So it's not just the mental aspect that it's affected, but it's also your physical state. Again, it's challenged, you're challenged with um, loss of energy, loss of motivation, guilt, helplessness, hopelessness, um, weight gain, weight loss. I know now, please understand the difference between this. For us who have been inside the house and we snack <laughs> and you're eating, but you're still able to function day to day, then that doesn't necessarily mean you have a clinical disorder or a clinical diagnosis of depression. Okay. So please, one thing I do want to preface and put it out there is to please don't self-diagnose yourself right now, everyone. Okay. Please get clear. I'm, I'm trying mm -hmm. to clarify as best as I can the difference between it being a clinical diagnosis versus you just having symptoms and signs because of the circumstances that's going on. So weight loss or weight gain, decrease in energy, you're fatigued, you're apathetic, you're disinterested, you feel hopeless and helpless. Typically someone who is depressed feels very hopeless and feeling very helpless, powerless. But keep in mind, even if you have felt that way for all of this time, because it's been going on for two, two months or so, even if you have felt at a place of feeling powerless and helpless, nevertheless, you're at a place where you're still able to function day to day, your daily activities, you're still able to do them, then that's the difference between being clinically diagnosed with depression versus you are able to handle your day to day and just having circumstances in life impacting you. All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate you. Dr. Tina, thank you so much for tuning in. I see Michael talking about you've been sneaking those snacks. <laughs> hey, Leslie, Brandon, thank you so much. Hey, Andrew, how are you doing? Carlos, Maxine, thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. We're talking about overcoming depression. So first and foremost, we have to understand what depression looks like. When it is a clinical diagnosis versus it's just life impacting you. So I wanted to get clear on what is the difference between so you don't self-diagnose yourself. If anything, if you're unclear, that's when you need to have a conversation with myself or any of our colleagues that are in the field of mental health. You can reach out to us. You can go to my website, D-R-S-A-R-A-H-R-L-A-N-G-L-E-Y.com. You can always go there if you want to have a conversation, a session with me in regards to being able to know if you, in fact, have a clinical diagnosis where I can assess you properly versus you're now self-diagnosing like, oh, yeah, I have, I did gain weight because I was eating, you know, at night or during the day because it's this comfort food. Or, you know, I feel powerless and helpless because... I wasn't prepared for the pandemic and, but I'm still able to work. I'm still able to function. I'm still able to take care of myself. See, that's the difference. Time and functionality is the difference between having a clinical diagnosis versus just life impacting you, but there's still hope for you. You don't have to cross over and now it become a clinical diagnosis. This is exactly why we're having this conversation for you to be clear, to know the signs and symptoms. And then I'm going to give you some easy tips that you can help yourself out with to make this clear. If you want more information, make sure that you reach out to me. You can always inbox me. You can always message me. You can always register as well because we are providing many, many um, webinars in regards to how to overcome during and after the pandemic. This is the whole conversation all month long. How to help yourself out when it comes to anxiety, depression, when it comes to suicidality, suicidal thoughts, when it comes to um, uncertainty when it comes to loneliness, 
when it comes to your relationship, when it comes to your parenting skills, when it comes to fi uh, finances, when it comes to your faith. We have a plethora of so many great speakers set up and aligned for you to help you to overcome. Now, like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button right now. The podcast is made possible by listeners like you. So thank you for your support. Now back to the show. We already addressed, I've kept it simple, time and functionality is a difference, fine line between it being a clinical diagnosis versus life impacting you, but it's not too late for you. Okay. So if you found yourself being depressed two weeks or more now, yes, we have been at the time of this recording two months now in here in the States. Um, but at the same time, if you found yourself unable to function in your day-to-day -day activities, your day-to-day -day skills, being able to work, to take care of your children, take care of yourself. If you find that you have not been able to do that, that's when it's time to reach out to me. So we can have a clear conversation and a clear assessment to now properly find out or diagnose you, but not diagnose you, but to find out if in fact where you are and then what kind of help to offer you. So these are the things that you can do to help yourself out. And I hope this is helpful. Give me some hearts, likes, Make sure that you share this out as well. We're going to continue to have conversations. I've done a, um, a series on overcoming anxiety last time. So if you want that recording or replay, please reach out to me. Or you can go always go to bit.ly forward slash power talk real talks and sign up there. Go into my Facebook pay, uh, fan page so you can pull all the replays of all the conversations that we had thus far. All right. So it may, this is going to sound simple tips for you. But simplicity is key. It's not always about, you know, there's nothing for me to, to respectfully prove about, oh, this is what, you know, these are the different things that you need to do to help yourself out with depression um, that I need to sound like, you know, all giving you all these great big words and, you know, you need to take medication and things like that because I know that that becomes an issue as well. People are not interested in medication and that's fine. So what can you do for yourself? before having to see a mental health professional. First and foremost, understand that there's three things that has happened to us. And if you're able to do opposite of those three things, then you're well on your way to maintain your mental stability, to maintain and to help to boost your mood, to help you to now break free and break through the depressive state that you find yourself in. Three things that we have lost that play part with feeling depressed or feeling sad, they are, loss of control so the fact that we have lost control of our situation of our day-to-day -day functions in terms of going out being able to be with other people going out to different venues being able to hang out with friends whatever it was that we were once doing pre-pandemic we lost control of it's been taken away from us it's been stripped from, from us then understand that it's ever a wonder why you may have felt sad you may have felt sad for a few days and you just felt so powerless and hopeless and helpless. It's okay. Please tell yourself that it is okay and it's going to be okay. We're all in it together. We're all here to overcome together and to stand together. So that has happened and that may have played part with how you were feeling at the time when this all has happened. The second thing is connection. We are created to be relational. So the fact that that has been taken away from us, that yes, we do have Zoom, 
but it's nothing like the actual being in front of or being with and around other people that really sobers us, depending on the type of personality you have, whether you're an introvert or extrovert. But the point is, is that the connection has, we have lost that. So therefore, you, it's ever wonder why you may have felt sad and felt powerless and hopeless for a, you know, a few days or so. And then it comes down to purpose, meaning of existence. We started to question, maybe, and you don't have to put it in the comment section, maybe you questioned your faith, maybe you questioned God, maybe you questioned why. Like, what is the point of my existence? What's the point of life now with everything happening? I lost someone. I lost my money. I lost my job. I lost my love, you know, the love of my life. I lost my faith and my hope. I just want to normalize that and say that it is okay. It's normal to feel how you feel. A lot of times we're so, we're so concerned with how we look or how people will take us or to, you know, deem us as crazy. And maybe you've been called that before <laughs> a time or two. Maybe you called yourself crazy. We don't use those terms. And, you know, at least in my office <laughs> or not in front of you. But the, the point is, is that it has nothing to do with being crazy, being out your mind. If you don't do anything about it, that's that's respectfully, that's crazy. And I'm glad that you decided to show up in having this conversation. We talked about what to look out for to know when it's a you know when it's becoming a clinical diagnosis versus it's just okay life happened and now how do you help yourself out with it but i wanted to address those three factors in terms of why you were feeling the way that you felt and because of those three factors that were taken away from us for the point this plays part as to why you may feel sad or be in a state of of sadness or depression but it doesn't have to mean that you are clinically depressed now, if you, again, time, two weeks or more, two weeks to 30 days or longer that you cannot function in your day-to-day, -day, that's when you do need to come and talk to me or to any mental health professional that you do know. If you find yourself sporadically, like here and there, times that you're feeling sad and then times that you're functioning, then these are some tips that you can do to help yourself out. But if you find that you know what, you really need to talk and reach out to us, then please do so. So one thing you have to do is Make sure, first and foremost, what is in your wheelhouse to control? To help yourself overcome the depressive state that you're in, stop, normalize your feelings, and then say, what is in my wheelhouse to control? What can I control in this situation? Please do not utilize your energy and your time trying to figure out how to control what you cannot control. We cannot control the government and their decisions. We cannot control the state and when they wanna open and reopen the economy. We cannot control um, our jobs in terms of lack thereof, or we want them to open up again, or we want them to give us unemployment or whatever the case is. We cannot control what we cannot control. The focus should be on what can you control. You can control your responses. You can control your reactions. You can control what is in the confounds of your abilities. Maintaining your mental health, maintaining your physical health, maintaining your spiritual health, you can connect with people. Yes, it may not be convenient necessarily, or it's not like it used to be in terms of having to virtually meet people, but it's about being appreciative for the fact that that is available to you to do that. Looking at what you can control makes a world of difference. I tell you the truth, it does. It makes a world of difference in your mental health and your mental psyche. Like, wow, I do have some power somewhere. Again, because of the fact that we felt powerless and out of control, 
that really impacted the way that we handled life, how we were moving on our day to day. But now letting you know that you do have control and power over something within your own volition, that makes a world of difference. Try it. Let me know if it works for you. But look at what you can control, not what you cannot. Another thing that I always encourage everyone to do, another tip, um, is to do things that make you feel good. That's legal. <laughs> look, y'all do you, okay? I'm just letting you know what you can do and then however you interpret that is on you. <laughs> but do things that make you feel good. Another way to help yourself out in your depressive state, as long as it's not a clinical diagnosis, again, if, you have, if you're questioning, well, am I depressed? Am I clinically depressed or not? Then reach out to me. D-R-S-A-R-A-H-R-L-A-N-G-L-E-Y.com. Do things that make you feel good. Talk back to me. How, does, how do you feel when you are doing something that brings you joy, that brings you happiness? Look, I used to, I used to, <laughs> I used to joke with people who would always pull up those cat memes or those baby memes or look at those cat videos and those baby videos, but it made them feel good. So look, if that makes you feel good, then go for what you know. Find things that makes you feel good. Now, the, 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 the caveat and, the, and let me preface this, as long as it's not detrimental, okay, to your health, it's one thing to splurge and do great things that make you feel good and it's temporary because at the end, it's killing you at the same time. Come on, y'all. Let's keep some balance here. I told you, I'm not trying to, <laughs> I don't call people crazy to their face. So please don't have me call you that, all right? <laughs> please make sure that you do things that make you feel well, that boosts up your energy. It boosts up your vitality. It boosts up your energy and your vibrations when you're able to do things that make you happy, that make you feel good. So one, look at things that you can control. Two, do things that are what makes you happy. And finally, the last tip is to keep it moving. Move, everyone. Please do not stay in one place all the time, all day. <laughs> so my dad, <laughs> so he's almost 80 um, at, at the time of this recording. He will be, well, he won't be 80 this, this year. He, he, he's striving for 80. But because of the fact that he is older, he has to move. When he was in the senior center, they had him active. And now it's on, you know, it's, it's left up to me to help him to stay active. So we're constantly, even though he's not interested in going outside, I scared him that bad. <laughs> he will not go outside at all. But he was always one to to gravitate to nature, to go on hikes and trips. He loves nature. He grew, he grew my, you know, my brothers and I grew up on being outside and being outdoorsy. So what we do is create the environment indoors. So exercise, moving, stretching, walking back and forth from the kitchen to the dining, dining room, walking back from the kitchen to the front room, making sure that you are moving at all times as best as possible. Don't get stuck. I know that your work is now, your desk is in your bedroom or, you know, you actually have an office in your house or, and you're in front of the computer all day, but no, you have to make sure that you keep yourself active and move, moving, stretch. You know, I had to stretch my dad out this morning, <laughs> stretch y'all move, stay active. That absolutely does a world of difference. Exercise that does a world of difference. And then it releases certain chemicals in your body when you're able to move around and get healthy and get moving. So these are the three tips. Like I said, I want this to be simple. 
within 30 minutes of knowing what is depression, knowing the difference between it being a clinical diagnosis of depression versus it being life and you know happened to you and you are still able to function day to day and you haven't been sad or depressed for two weeks or 30 days or longer. And then knowing those three things that the fact that because of our, our loss of control, loss of connection, loss of purpose has really impacted us mentally and it, it affected the whole our whole totality of ourselves. What you can do before having to see me, see if these three tips can apply for you. See if you're able to look at what you can control and just pick out one thing. <laughs> don't rat, you know, don't rattle your brain trying to figure out, well, what can I do? What do I have control? I need five things. Just do one. One is enough. It's sufficient. And work that one. As well as making sure that you find things that make you happy, that you are in that you, you find enjoyable, as long as it's not detrimental to your health later on or now. And then lastly, move. Don't sit in one spot. Stretch. Exercise. Even if you're unable to exercise like that, like you know, like you used to, like 30 minutes to an hour, 15 minutes a day is always great. <laughs> you know, you're able to, I, I really want to drive home the fact that you are important and that you matter. That's how I want to leave this. The reason why I decided to do this mental health all month <laughs> is because of the fact that I really want you to know and to accept that you matter. A lot of times we do not realize that the way, let's use the example with the economy opening up, right? We're it was such a debate between, oh, we need to go back out there and work for the sake of the economy, for money to flow, so we can have money in our pockets because, oh my God, 2.4 million people had, um, and, and counting has applied for unemployment. And, you know, people are out of money and out of, a, you know, they're at a loss. But not realizing subconsciously, when you are putting yourself out there like that, I'm making a point, so just follow this. Subconsciously, you're telling yourself that you're not important, that money is more important than your health, that everything else is more important than your own value and worth. I find that having counsel for 25 years, I know I don't look mm -hmm. it, I know I don't look it, 25 years, the two biggest factors that I found in counseling people, plenty, there's many other things, but I'm, I themed it to two, is undeservedness. Like people feel like they're undeserving of happiness. They feel like they're undeserving of good things happening to them. They feel undeserved. And then simply the second, comfort, comfortability. They find it that it's easy to stay comfortable and stay with, within what's familiar as opposed to venturing or venturing off into what is unfamiliar. And because of those two big factors, subconsciously we're telling ourselves that we are not as important than anything and everyone else. This conversation is helping you to get out of depression. If you found yourself feeling depressed, not clinically, if it's a clinical issue, then talk to me. But otherwise, I really want you, if you didn't get anything out of this conversation, the one thing I want you to walk away with is that be mindful of what you are subconsciously telling yourself concerning yourself. Know that at the end of the day, everyone, we're gonna get through this. We're gonna get out of this. We are resilient. You've been in situations that you thought you could never get out of. You don't know how you got out of them, but you did. Same thing applies. Be mindful of what you are doing to help yourself out through this. 
and just know and believe in yourself that you are valuable, you are worthy, you are worth it, you are important, you are deserving of good things coming your way. So as you're making sure that your family is taken care of, everyone else is taken care of, your family, your friends, you're making sure that everyone is taken care of, make sure that it's not at your expense. There is no chivalry, there is no badge of honor by sacrificing your life. We can go and debate, talk about, well, Jesus sacrificed his life. Come on, y'all. Y'all can come back to us. Come back to me with that on Thursday, <laughs> Wednesday night at 8 p.m. when I have Carla, Dr. Carla Cook coming um, and talking about faith and mental health. And then I have my my pastor um, and dear, he, my pastor, shucks, um, Bishop, um, Bishop Eric Lambert from Bethel Deliverance in Philadelphia, PA. We're going to talk about mental health and faith. But for now, please just know that you are worth it, you are valuable, you are important, you are entitled. You truly should make sure that whatever you're doing to include yourself in that equation and in that conversation. So it's a win for everyone, including yourself, not at your expense, because that causes depression as well. When you find that you're giving of yourself all the time and then you don't find anyone giving back to you and you're wondering why, well, there's no need. Why should they? You're always the one who gives it up for the team anyway. You can actually win by not having to take it for the team. You can be part of that team and everyone wins with you being intact, mind, body, and spirit. All right, so that's all I have. I thank you for your time. Look, if you found value, if this was helpful, please make sure that you share it out to your social media platforms because again, you may just save a life and as a result of it. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Lead Limitlessly podcast with Dr. Sarah Langley. Tune in next week as we continue to deliver our best engaging content on the secrets to living, loving, and leading a successful and happy life full of purpose, power, and profit. Make sure to visit us on our website, drsarahrenelangley.com where you can subscribe to the show and listen when available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or via RSS feed, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we appreciate a rating on these podcast platforms. Or if you simply tell a friend, that would be awesome as well. Please, if you do like the show, you might want to check out our latest ebook, Lead Limitlessly, How to Lead Successful and Happy Lives, which are interviews of 12 limitless leaders who share the secrets of living, loving, and leading happy, successful lives. <laughs> and check us out also on the website, another ebook of ours, The Limitless Leading Effect, How to Lead Without Setbacks. So feel free to go to our website, drsarahrenelangley.com to learn more. Dr. Langley is also available for one-on-one -on -one VIP exclusive services and keynoting engagement. So please make sure you check her out at drsarahrenelangley.com or email us at caresupport at drsarahrenelangley.com for more information. Thank you.